0: Everybody. I wanted to share something interesting with you guys. If you saw my other video about um, what it's like uh, having a family member that is bipolar, manic depressive, and narcissistic, primarily a narcissist um, <laughs> with um, obviously other issues going on as well. Um, so I wanted to share something uh, that has recently come out from science direct this is an empirical study it says this is from july um, 2021 so this is a new you know volume 170 uh, 177 this is a new empirical data coming out from science direct and this is um called narcissism through the lens of performative self-evaluation And this says some very interesting things. Highlights, narcissism has been fundamentally misunderstood. We developed a flex scale that captures genuinely narcissistic behavior. Psychopaths do exhibit high levels of grandiosity. Narcissism is not self-love. It is self-loathing in disguise. This is really interesting because there is a gentleman, a professor, uh, Dr. Sam Bachnan, who has um, basically been saying this since like the 1990s. And it's really interesting. Now, he has a lot of insight into this because he is a narcissist, like he suffers from it. So I think he's got a really good understanding of it because he's lived it, Right. I'll read the abstract. Narcissistic personality disorder, NPD, is conceptualized as excessive self-love and divided into subtypes known as grandiose and vulnerable narcissism. So vulnerable narcissism can also be called like covert narcissism. Psychopathy is also characterized by a grandiose sense of self. Here we aim to refine the understanding of how these conditions relate. We developed a scale to assess performative self-evaluation flex designed to probe insecurity-driven self-conceptualizations that manifest as impression management led to self-evaluating tendencies. We uh, correlated the FLEX scale with commonly used measures to investigate social desirability, self-esteem, and psychopathy in a high-powered sample of participants. We find that FLEX correlates highly with narcissism, but not with psychopathy. We conclude that narcissism corresponds most closely to vulnerable narcissism and is characterized by self-evaluating behaviors that are well-captured, by Flex, so that is really interesting. Now, obviously, this is a really long paper, and I don't want to get into all of this, but we're going to look at part of it here because uh, it's very interesting. It's kind of fascinating if you, um, you know, if you have a family member that sort of. Suffers from this, and your thoughts were something similar like that this stems from immense self loathing and self hate rather than a, a self love and in a kind of grandiose sense of self. That the grandiose sense of self is to. I think, compensate for the massive insecurities that the narcissist uh, suffers from. So uh, we'll we'll read part of the introduction. Um, And just a caveat before we get into this, I'm certainly not a psychologist or psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed practitioner of any kind. I'm not giving out any kind of advice or anything like that. I'm simply covering this as somebody who is interested in it. Um, and has family members who have suffered from it. and I, So I've had personal experiences uh, with this stuff. And that's how I'm coming at this. We are interested in the nature of narcissism. Narcissism is a personality disorder that is conceptualized as excessive self-love and manifests as a grandiose sense of self-importance, entitlement, and superiority. More recently, two subtypes of narcissism have been distinguished, quote, vulnerable narcissism, unquote, characterized by low self-esteem, anxiety about attachments and extreme sensitivity to criticism, and grandiose narcissism, which manifests as high self-esteem, self-aggrandizement, and self-importance. This distinction has shown itself to be fruitful. Vulnerable narcissism is associated with low self-esteem, life set, life satisfaction, and interdependent self-construct. Conversely, grandiose narcissism is associated with high self-esteem and life satisfaction and independent self-construction. These differential attitudes also present behaviorally. Both grandiose and vulnerable narcissists have a tendency to deliberately induce jealousy in their romantic partners, but for different reasons. A vulnerable narcissist is motivated by insecurities and seeks a reassurance to compensate for their low self-esteem, whereas a grandiose narcissist induces jealousy primarily to gain power and control in the relationship. So these are two different things; they're motivated by different, uh, different reasons. Considering differential underlying motivations opens up a broader perspective. Narcissistic personality disorder, NPD, is often conceptualized as part of a constellation of "quote dark unquote personalities and traits, such as manipulativeness and psychopathy. This raises the possibility that these conditions are more closely related than previously believed. It is important to recognize that there is considerable overlap in how these disorders manifest both behaviorally and emotionally. For instance, a narcissist may manipulate others to increase their status. That is Professor Vachnin, who I just mentioned, uh, that is cited here, and they may exhibit low empathy for others. However, such behavior exhibited by a narcissist may be due to a focus on protection of self-worth, even though these traits are primarily associated with psychopathy. Moreover, vulnerable, uh, a.k.a. covert, but not grandiose narcissists experience emotional dysregulation and false attribution of hostile disposition. So that's, all, that's something to think about. Grandiose narcissism seems to resemble psychopathy in many respects which raises the possibility that the testulation of these conditions could be improved. It appears to be the case that grandiose narcissism might be better understood as a manifestation of psychopathy. This notion is supported by the finding that individuals who strongly exhibit psychopathic traits also tend to have a grandiose sense of self-worth. Conversely, vulnerable narcissism might be better conceived of as narcissism proper or primary narcissism narcissism. So covert narcissism might be the uh, most prevalent form of it. Thus, In this research, we aim to further refine the distinction between vulnerable and grandiose narcissism. First, we note that the distinction between vulnerable and grandiose narcissism resulted from statistical, not conceptual, considerations, namely the low internal consistency of commonly used narcissism scales. One problem with such an approach is that all of these measures derive from direct self-reports. This is problematic because it is unclear what features of the condition are primary and which are simply behavioral adaptations. Someone who expects special favors from others or wants others to admire them, as narcissists are known to do, could exhibit such behaviors because they genuinely feel special and superior. Conversely, manifesting such an attitude could be a behavioral adaptation to compensate for insecurities related to a perceived inferiority by the individual. Here we aim to improve on the current state of the literature by assessing self-elevative behavioral tendencies directly. Whereas the distinction between vulnerable and grandiose narcissists on on the basis of self-esteem is compelling, many measures of self-esteem are not unproblematic psychometrically. In addition, they are possibly contaminated by considerations of social desirability. Thus, we attempt to account for such tendencies in this research as well. We predict that, in order to compensate for the perceived internally low status, a vulnerable narcissist would profess higher appreciation of taste tastemakers uh, markers to gain perceived social status. In contrast, a grandiose narcissist would not do this as from their perspective, they don't have anything to compensate for. They're superior, you know, in their own mind. Thus, revealing such preferences should allow us to differentiate between these two possibilities beyond a direct self-report. So um, we're going to kind of go past this. I just kind of want to show you um, what, what's listed here, and you can read this yourself. I will actually include a link to this, Uh, to this study. And just to show you the different kinds of things you'll see in here, you can download high resolution of this. I wanna go all the way down to the bottom. Um, I find this really, really fascinating. And so you can see here three different phases that they've gone through. And I wanna get to the conclusion we conclude that grandiose narcissism is better understood as one manifestation of the high self-regard exhibited by a related condition, psychopathy. Conversely, vulnerable narcissism actually is narcissism proper, a behavioral adaptation to cope with and to mitigate the suffering imposed by insecurities about oneself. Now, I think that this is really interesting because, um, you know, and this is the appendix and stuff. So there's a lot of really interesting things here. And you can see kind of how they did this, how they did this research and how they were able to put this together. I find this really interesting because my experience with um, my family member who is uh, a narcissist um, is that they're their behavior, which appears to be, um, that they appear to be, uh, that they think very highly of themselves. They, are, they think themselves superior to others. They do have that sense of entitlement. Uh, however, a lot of this stems from deep insecurities within themselves, and these never really go away unless they get treatment, and even if they do get treatment, they might not go away. So another thing I want to show, another paper here, is this paper um, from uh, Professor Sam Voknin, the Inverted Covert Narcissist, Narcissist Codependent. So um, this is, uh, part of Confessions of Codependent Inverted Narcissists. There's different parts here that are linked that you can look at yourself. Um, Malignant Self-Love, Narcissism Revisited. And uh, he talks about a lot of the stuff that's mentioned in this study. And so now it seems like there's empirical data to back up a lot of the things that people have been saying for uh, decades now that this was the case. It says, Inverted narcissism is a combination of a covert narcissism with codependence. The inverted narcissist depends exclusively on narcissists, narcissist codependent. The inverted narcissist craves to be in a relationship with a narcissist, regardless of any abuse inflicted on her. She actively seeks relationships with narcissists and only with narcissists, no matter what her bitter and traumatic past experience has been. She feels empty and unhappy in relationships with non-narcissists. So this gets into codependence, right? Codependent. So these are people who depend on others for their emotional gratification and the performance of ego or daily functions. They are needy, demanding, and submissive. They fear abandonment, cling, and display immature behaviors in their effort to maintain the quote-unquote relationship with their companion or mate upon whom they depend. No matter what abuse is inflicted upon them, they remain in the relationship. By eagerly becoming victims, codependents seek to control their abusers. That is really interesting. See also a description of dependent personality disorder or its definition in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM-5, Inverted Narcissists are Covert Narcissists. The inverted narcissist is a codependent who depends exclusively on narcissists. If you are living with a narcissist, have a relationship with one, if you are married to one, if you are working with one, etc., it does not mean that you are an inverted narcissist. To qualify, quote unquote, as an inverted narcissist, you must crave to be in a relationship with a narcissist, regardless of any abuse inflicted on you by him or her. You must actively seek relationships with narcissists and only with narcissists no matter what your bitter and traumatic past experience has been you must feel empty and unhappy in relationships with any other kind of person only then and if you satisfy the other diagnostic criteria of a dependent personality disorder can you be safely labeled an inverted narcissist not all covert narcissists are inverted narcissists, but all inverted narcissists are covert, shy, fragile narcissists. They are self-centered, sensitive, vulnerable, and defensive, or hostile and paranoid. They harbor grandiose fantasies and have a strong sense of entitlement. They tend to exploit other all about stealthily and subtly covert narcissists are aware of their innate limitations and shortcomings and therefore constantly fret and stress over their inability to fulfill their unrealistic dreams and expectations they avoid recognition competition and the limelight for beer, for fear of being exposed as frauds or failures they're ostentatiously modest covert narcissists often feel guilty over and ashamed of their socially impermissible aggressive urges and desires consequently they are shy and unassertive and intensely self-critical or perfectionists This inner conflict between an overwhelming sense of worthlessness and a grandiose false self results in mood and anxiety disorders. They team up with classic narcissists, see below, but in secret, they resent and envy them. Contrary to misinformation spread by quote-unquote experts online, covert narcissists are not cunning and manipulative. Classic narcissists are. They often disguise their true nature effectively, knowingly, and intentionally. They're persistent actors with great thespian skills. Not so the covert narcissist. He suppresses his true nature because he lacks the confidence to assert it. His is not a premeditated choice. Can't help but shy away. The covert narcissist is his own worst critic. Lydia Rangelkovska suggests that covert narcissism may develop late in life during adolescent or even early adulthood as a reaction to abuse by peers or to social rejection. That is really interesting because you're not, what it's saying is that they're not born that way. This is a, an adaptation to the environment around them. And to experiences they've had inverted narcissism may be the outcome of arrested narcissistic development the formation of the false self is disrupted and incomplete and the inverted narcissist is forced to resort to and depend upon the false self of another narcissist his or her partner in order to regulate his or her sense of self-worth compare the classic narcissist to the covert narcissist in this table. So this is super interesting. Self-concept. The arrogant or overt narcissist has grandiosity, preoccupation with fantasies of outstanding success, undue sense of uniqueness, feelings of entitlement, seeming self-sufficiency. Shy and covert narcissist is has inferiority, morose self-doubts, marked propensity toward feeling ashamed, fragility, relentless search for glory and power, marked sensitivity to criticism and realistic setbacks. Interpersonal relationships for the overt narcissist, numerous but shallow relationships, intense need for tribute from others, scorn for others, often masked by pseudo humility, lack of empathy, inability to genuinely participate in group activities, valuing of children over spouse and family life, the covert Narcissist, inability to genuinely depend on others and trust them, chronic envy of others, talents, possessions, and capacity for deep object relations, lack of regard for generational boundaries, disregard for others' time, refusal to answer letters or emails, whatever it is. And the classic narcissist, Social Adaptation. Socially charming, often successful, consistent hard work done mainly to seek admiration, pseudo sublimation, intense ambition, preoccupation with appearances. So the classic narcissist is a lot like my mother, but there are other narcissists in my life and in my family um, who display signs of covert narcissism, nagging for the, the covert one, nagging aimlessness, shallow vocational commitment, dilettante-like attitude, multiple but superficial interests, chronic boredom, aesthetic taste, often ill-informed and imitative, ethics, standards, and ideals. Caricatured modesty, this is the classic narcissist, pretended contempt for money in real life, idiosyncratically and even uh, unevenly moral, apparent enthusiasm for sociopolitical affairs, the covert, readiness to shift values to gain favor, Pathological lying, a materialistic lifestyle, delinquent tendencies, inordinate ethic and moral relativism, irreverence toward authority when it comes to love and sexuality. For the classic narcissist, marital instability, cold and greedy seductiveness, extramarital affairs and promiscuity, uninhibited sexual life. For the covert one, inability to remain in love, impaired capacity for viewing the romantic partner as a separate individual with his or her own interests, rights, and values, inability to genuinely comprehend the incest taboo, occasional sexual perversions, cognitive style, the classic narcissist impressively knowledgeable, decisive and opinionated, often strikingly articulate, egocentric perception of reality, Love of language, fondness for shortcuts to acquisition of knowledge. For the covert narcissist, knowledge often limited to trivia, headline intelligence, forgetful of details, especially names, impaired in the capacity for learning new skills, tendency to change meanings of reality when facing a threat to self-esteem, language, and speaking used for regulating their self-esteem. Counterdependence. Most classical overt narcissists are counterdependent. Their emotions and needs are buried under scar tissue, which had formed, coalesced, and hardened during years of one form of abuse or another. Grandiosity, a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, and overwhelming haughtiness usually hide gnawing insecurity and a fu- fluctuating sense of self worth. Counterdependence are a con tumultuous reject and despise authority fiercely independent controlling self-centered and aggressive They fear intimacy and are locked into cycles of hesitant approach, followed by avoidance of commitment. They are quote-unquote lone wolves and bad team players. Counterdependence is a reaction formation. The counterdependent treads his own weakness. He seeks to overcome them by projecting an image of omnipotence, omniscience, success, self-sufficiency, and superiority. Introduction codependence is an important and in integral part of narcissism narcissists are either counterdependent or codependent inverted the DSM-5-TR uses nine criteria to define the narcissistic personality disorder it is sufficient to show signs of five of them to be diagnosed as a narcissist thus theoretically it is possible to have NPD without being grandiose Many researchers uh, suggested a taxonomy of pathological narcissism. They divided narcissists to subgroups, very much as I did with my somatic versus cerebral narcissist dictomy. Lewin, for instance, talks about the phallic narcissist versus others. Setnover and Millen make a very important distinction between narcissists who were raised by classically, quote unquote, abusive parents and those who were raised by doting and smothering or domineering mothers. Glenn O. Gabbard in Psychodynamic Psychiatry and Clinical Practice um, gets uh, comments on cluster B personality disorders, narcissistic, we find this, quote, what definitive criteria can be used to differentiate healthy from pathological narcissism? The time-honored criteria of psychological health to love and to work are only partly useful in answering this question. An individual's work history may provide little help in making the distinction. Highly disturbed narcissistic individuals may find extraordinary success in certain professions, such as big business, the arts, politics, the entertainment industry, athletics, and evangelism field. In some cases, however, narcissistic pathology may reflect in a superficial quality to one's professional interests, as though achievement in and acclamation and acclaim are more important than mastery of the field itself. Pathological forms of narcissism are more easily identified by the quality of the individual's relationships. One tragedy affecting these people is their inability to love. Healthy interpersonal relationships can be recognized by qualities such as empathy and concern for the feelings of others a genuine interest in the ideas of others, the ability to tolerate ambivalence in long-term relationships without giving up, and a capacity to acknowledge one's own contribution to intrapersonal conflicts. People who are characterized by these qualities may at times use others to gratify their own needs, but the tendency occurs in the broader context of sensitive interpersonal relatedness rather than as a pervasive style of dealing with other people. On On the other hand, the person with a narcissistic personality disorder approaches people as objects to be used up and discarded according to his or her needs, without regard for their feelings. People are not viewed as having a separate existence or as having needs of their own. The individual with an MPD frequently ends a relationship after a short time, usually when the other person begins to make demands stemming from his or her own needs. Most importantly, such relationships clearly do not work, quote-unquote, in terms of the narcissist's ability to maintain his or her own sense of self-esteem. These criteria, the DSM-5 TV or T- TR's identity, Identify a certain kind of narcissistic patient, specifically the arrogant, boastful, noisy individual who demands to be in the spotlight. However, they fail to characterize the shy, quietly grandiose narcissistic individual whose extreme sensitivity to slights leads to an assiduous avoidance of the spotlight. So that's really interesting. Um, the DSM-3R alluded to at least two types of narcissists, but the DSM-5 TR committee chose to delete this, quote, inclusion criteria reacts to criticism with feelings of rage, shame, or humiliation, even if not expressed, due to the lack of specificity. Other theoricians, clinicians, and researchers similarly suggest a division between the o- oblivious narcissist, a.k.a. overt, and the hyper-vigilant narcissist, a.k.a covert i find that very interesting and uh, this gets into some other things that i think are worth noting the compensatory narcissistic personality type this is what i want to uh, read this is the basic trait a compensatory narcissistic personality type is a pattern of overtly narcissistic behaviors that derive from an underlying self of insecurity and weakness rather than than from genuine feelings of self-confidence and high self-esteem. So the compensatory narcissistic personality type seeks to create an illusion of superiority and to build up an image of high self-worth, strives for recognition and prestige to compensate for the lack of a feeling of self-worth, may, quote, acquire a deprecatory attitude in which the achievements of others are ridiculed and degraded. This, this is very much reminding me of my mother has persistent aspirations for glory and status. (laughs) Yes. Has a tendency to exaggerate and boast is sensitive to how others react to him watches and listens carefully for critical judgment and feels slighted by disapproval is prone to feel shamed and humiliated and especially anxious and vulnerable to the judgments of others. Yep covers up a sense of inadequacy and deficiency with pseudo arrogance and pseudo grandiosity has a tendency to periodic hypochondria yes alternates between feelings of emptiness and deadness and states of excitement and excess energy entertains fantasies of greatness constantly striving for perfection genius or stardom has a history of searching for an idealized partner and has an intense need for affirmation and confirmation in relationships frequently entertains a wishful exaggerated and unrealistic concept of him or herself, which he can't possibly measure up to produces too quickly work, not up to the level of his abilities because of an overwhelming strong need for the immediate gratification of success. Is touchy, quick to take offense at the slightest provocation, continually anticipating attack and danger, reacting with anger and fantasies of revenge when he feels himself frustrated in his need for constant admiration. Is self conscious due to a dependence on approval from others, suffers regularly from repetitive oscillations of self esteem, seeks to undo feelings of inadequacy by forcing everyone's attention and admiration upon himself, may react with self contempt and depression to the lack of fulfillment of his grandiose expectations. I think that's absolutely correct. I think, and I find it very interesting. So this is the speculative diagnostic criteria for compensatory narcissistic personality disorder a pervasive pattern of self-inflation, pseudo-confidence, exhibitionism, and striving for prestige that compensates for feelings of inadequacy and low self-esteem, as indicated by the following, pseudo-confidence, compensating for an underlying condition of insecurity and feelings of helplessness, pretentiousness and self-inflation, exhibitionism in the pursuit of attention, recognition, and glory, strivings for prestige to enhance self-esteem, deceitfulness and manipulativeness in the service of maintaining feelings of superiority, idealization and relationships, fragmentation of the self, feelings of emptiness and deadness, a proud hubristic disposition, hypochondriasis, substance abuse, self-destructiveness. So I find this, um, I actually find it to be very sad because I imagine that, you know, for somebody who suffers from this, uh, it's really hard to admit that there could be something wrong with you. And, you know, there is a stigma, certainly, on um, mental health issues. So this is the narcissistic personality type. The basic trait of the uh, narcissistic personality type is a pattern of grandiosity, a need for admiration, and a lack of empathy. They react to criticism with feelings of rage, shame, or humiliation, is interpersonally exploitative, takes advantage of others to achieve his own ends, has a grandiose sense of self-importance, believes that his problems are unique and can be understood only by other special people, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, has a sense of entitlement, an unreasonable expectation of especially favorable treatment, requires much attention and admiration of others lacks empathy fails to recognize and experience how others feel and is preoccupied with feelings of envy so um this continues on and it goes into different uh different discussions here um and i find this stuff really interesting to go through each one um because it's so I think that narcissists are, um, you know, a higher percentage of the population than I think has been previously understood if that makes sense. Um, I think that, Far more of our population, especially now in modern times, where we have things like social media that amplify narcissistic traits. So I think that this is something that probably everybody can get something out of reading. Um, you you know, pretty much everybody has at least somebody that they know uh, in their life that probably suffers from this kind of thing, whether it is a family member, um, whether it is a friend whether it is somebody that you're in a relationship with, um, or somebody that you work with, at some point, you're going to come into contact with these people. And I think it's interesting to learn the the sort of things that make them tick, right? The underlying issues that cause the manifestations of their behavior. So uh, that's all I have. Um, for this. I'm going to include the links, of course, in the description to the video so you can read this all yourself. And I really recommend that you do. Bye.